Hey guys, it's Jordan here. This is my first time doing this, but uh Oh man. This is kind of overwhelming. This is kind of I'm getting kind of nervous. Okay, okay, let me start over. We're doing this in one take. I'm not deleting any of this cuz I feel like I need to throw out my honest truth raw thoughts. So basically today's guest is Trish Rayoni. Trish Rain Oni. It's pronounced like Trish Rayoni. It's, it's, it looks like Trish Rain One, but it's not. She's a Canadian actress. She's been in uh, uh, shows in Canada. Like maybe, perhaps you've heard of The Pink Is In or My Roommates and Ex Escort. My Roommates and Escort classics. If you live in Canada or if you're a big fan, well, now you are. We had a good conversation about acting. And got into some curious antics. But I won't spoil because I, I'm not that kind of guy. You know, I want you to have a good time. Just as I have. And so, this whole uh, intro kind of thing, I will admit I kind of stole it from a few other podcast hosts. Uh, shout out Jeff Macalino and um, Wise from Stuck in My Mind. And shout out Tim from 2010 Minutes, because why not? Will they ever know that I shouted them out? Probably not. Because uh, I don't even know who listens to my podcast, if I'm being real honest. But, it, you know, since you are here, I I love you. And don't you dare forget that. Don't Don't forget that, okay? I appreciate you. And if there's some way I could communicate to you, like through a poll... Or through something, or you could send me a voice message, where whatever you want, you know, send me an email. Just be like, "Hey, I love you too, man." I'd be, I'd be down for that. So yeah, this is going on long enough. Um, yeah, let's get right into it. So thanks. Oh, I'll, I'll make an outro at the end, just so don't forget. You like if you skip off for the outro, just know that um that might hurt my feelings, but it's, it's okay. It's okay. I don't, I don't listen to my own episodes. It's fine. All right, let's get right into the episode. Hi, Trish Rayoni. Hello, welcome to the studio. This is where all the magic happens. How are you doing today? I'm doing fantastic. Thank you so much for having me here. I've never spoken to a banana before, so today is like, honestly, to date, the biggest day of my life. The biggest day of your life. So no, no other like milestone in life and your career has ever like reached this level of this pinnacle. Never. Oh, not even close. Okay. Okay. So, <laughs> so tell me more about yourself. You act, you're an actress, you're an actor, you know, I do. I do lots of, um, auditions that I don't book, but. Um, the ones that I do book are mainly, I'm on a series called Pink is In that airs right now in Bell TV in Canada. Um, we just did our third season and we have a Christmas special. That's a standalone episode coming out this Christmas. Um, but internationally, I do, I do produce as well. So we have a Christmas movie called A Christmas Letter that you can watch in the US this year via Roku, um, in Spain on NBC Universal and in Canada on CBC Gem. Okay, Pink is in. What like like how did you land that role? Or how did you let's start let's start slow. Okay. There's I feel like there's okay. so much ground to cover, right? So, how yeah. did you decide that you wanted to get into acting? Okay, so it definitely came from living in a small city, um being shy but being a weirdo at home who did impressions of like I was a big fan of Steve Urkel. So I created Stephanie Urkel and I did my own version of Stephanie Urkel at home at all the family functions and gatherings. Um, and just did like a lot of, yeah, I was always an impression person and always making little sketches at home, but it wasn't a viable career in the city that I'm in in Canada to be in film. We didn't have any film programs in the schools or anything here. So I went away to post-secondary education and I took film studies. Everyone at my graduation laughed at me. They were like, film studies, she's gonna watch movies. Yeah, that sounds mm -hmm. about right. Mm -hmm. 
and um, I ended up being homesick. I moved back home, took psychology, and then it was a little bit later. I had worked in the psychology field with kids with autism, which was rewarding and I enjoyed for about five years, but I still kind of had this, you know, performer urge. And then that's when I decided, okay, I'm going to move to Toronto where all the filming in Canada seems to be happening besides Vancouver, but Toronto was closer. And um, yeah, I just started enrolling in classes. I got an agent and lived that like server, multiple roommates, audition life. That was a decade ago. So yeah. Oh, a decade ago. You started 10 years ago. That's wild. Okay. So yeah. So it, it did it all start when you got an agent? It really did because that forced me to go to auditions and it forced me to be embarrassed by my auditions. So that forced me to sign up for classes from everything to Shakespeare, to improv, to um, just auditioning for camera and where to stand and where to look because I had some really embarrassing auditions when I got there. I auditioned at our like MTV, it's called Much Music. And it was for a famous band. It was to be like the woman in their music video who they said looked like Linda Evangelista, who's a supermodel. So I was like, okay, no pressure. I'm not a supermodel. Uh, so I did really big makeup, like just kept putting on makeup and just kept layering it on. And then I got to the audition and they had like a slide in, sliding door. And first of all, I shook everyone's hand at the table, the producers, the director, and they looked really put off by that because um, you're not supposed to do that. <laughs> and then I went, turned around to leave and the door wouldn't open and I kept pushing it and it was a sliding wooden door. So it was just like completely embarrassing. I didn't know what to do, where to look. It didn't matter if I could act because I couldn't get the acting out because I was so socially awkward. I had to take a class on um, by this great actor in Toronto, Michael Gordon Shore. He taught us how to actually audition in the room, like where to stand, where to look, and he walked us through all of that. And then that kind of changed things after that. So, so what exactly goes into the audition? Oh, so much. I mean, so you get the size, like the part of the script that um, you're going to be auditioning for, and you don't usually get the whole script. So you go through it and you break it down. Like you just try to be an invested, you try to be like a detective and figure out who this person is, where they're coming from, where they're going, what they mean to this movie as a whole, what genre the movie is. Sometimes I don't look up the show and then I look it up later and it already exists. And I'm like, dang, I could have watched a bit of it to understand like the tone and the vibes. So sometimes if you have, if you have time, you, you should do that as well. Like look it up to see if it's out there or look at the, um, like the network and see what network it is and kind of get a vibe for what, what tone it is. Um, but yeah, it's a lot of work. And then you put it on tape from home usually now, and then you edit it and you send it off. And yeah, it's, it's a, I did two today. And the first one I did, I was like, ew, I hate that angle. I that's my bad. I look weird. I'm like, I don't know that. That is a lot. Camera should be off side. So then I flip around my set and put the camera over over here the light over here and it's always just a bit of a you never master it yeah so it's all angles and stuff there's like little nuances that go into it that people don't really think about yeah there's a lot of like some eye lines like you could just like do a slight movement with your eye as if you're looking over to another character in the room because there's multiple characters but there's no one else in the room with you except for that one person reading with you and they might be like shoved in a corner somewhere wherever they can fit beyond your setup. So you have to like make eye contact with other characters when that one reader is reading all the different voices and keep in your mind where the different people are. And if you do a big head, like a head turn, it can look really jarring, but sometimes it's just like a slight look with your eye over to the person who's not really there. So sometimes after you watch, like usually after you watch the first take, you're like, oh, okay, that movement looked weird. I'm gonna just do it subtly and just make, do a slight eye adjustment. And then that's where that voice is and a slight adjustment over here. And that's where that voice is. So it's very, it's a lot of technical, yes. A lot of technical stuff, a lot of stuff that goes into it. I get it, okay. So yeah. say I wanted to be an actor, maybe in the future, like what, what advice would you give to me? 
Huh? Oh, well, I feel like you already are because I don't know many bananas that speak. I feel like you've already mastered being human, which is like the first step. First to be an actor, just be human and feel human emotions. Um, yeah. But yeah, there's like, I would sign up for a class online because the good thing is now everything's online. So you can go to these schools that are supposed to be like elite and in Los Angeles, but you can take it via Zoom now, which is kind of cool. So you can meet people from around the world. They have all these acting schools have like all levels of um, skill sets. So you could start with the beginner, do it once a week. And if you like comedy, I'd say go for an improv class because that's, it just gets you to kind of feel more comfortable in your own shoes or in your own peel in your case and um and build confidence and try to like not think to you just have to be in the moment which is what a lot of acting is okay okay so interesting i'm thinking over what you just said it seems like acting is really just being comfortable with with who you are being emotive and just i don't like just being free not caring like what people think and just doing the best that you can do or what the script calls for and stuff yeah that puts it that sums it up perfectly because whatever is written on the page why you're going to end up playing that part is because of you and what's special about you and your newness that you bring to it what if like one person they they're like bringing out a hundred percent of like themselves right but it's so bad like the like you could tell it's bad acting well then i'd say take more training and and there's something obviously like not connecting in that case and that just it's like a muscle it's like working out like you're not going to get those muscles if you don't go to the gym at least regularly and try to go every week a couple of times or a few times um so i would say just train more and i think everyone everyone gets better at things with training would you say acting is like being really good at lying and faking emotion i'd say yes and no like it's really good at being truthful and feeling the things that we normally suppress. And I think in real life, we're often lying because I'm not gonna show all the emotions that I get to show when it's written on a page as a character who would show that. Whereas me, I might be a little bit more have a mask up in real life where I don't show those emotions or where I'm not as assertive as one of the characters I get to play. So I think it's kind of being truthful. Whereas in real life, a lot of times we're not, but then I think those characters are also just people. So then there's a lot that they're not saying is their characters. They're lying, but the actor isn't lying. The actor is being so truthful and like connected to who that character is. But the characters, we all put up masks and characters do that too. And there's always something we call the subtext, which is like, we'll look at a script as an actor and we'll be like, okay, my character's saying this out loud to the other character in the room, but what do they really mean by that? Was that passive aggressive? Was that, right. are they are they masking? And what what's the subtext? What do they really want to say, but they can't say, so they're saying that instead. I think we're all just some, a big ball of lying and truth. <laughs> and everything in between. Whether okay, it says so. actor or character. All right, so hear me out on this one. Okay. Right, so say there's a really bubbly, energetic, lively person, right? who is the complete opposite of a meth addict, right? But then the character they play is a meth addict and they're really good at acting out that meth addict character, although they themselves are not um, a meth addict. So it's like, that's where I'm saying about the um, the the lying and the, the, the faking of emotions. Like, what if, what if that happens? You know, like... Okay. I, I get what you're saying. So, okay, for example, I can use from my experience because that's, I guess, what I would know best. So I'll apply it to my experience. So in the show Pink is In, for example, I am 
the top dog of a prison. I am tough. I make my own currency and everyone is buying things off of me and I'm taking advantage of them. And I'm no nonsense and I'm all BS. So when I got offered that, I was thinking, okay, that's different from what I normally play. Cause I normally play like, ah, girl next door. And um, <laughs> so for me, it's not lying, but it's finding a time in your life or like a piece of yourself that is so say I grew up with four, uh, three sisters. So there's four of us within five years. And we grew up in a household with our mom raising us. So it's like five women in a house. We're arguing over pants. Like it's something as silly as pants. So I think with my character, Top Dog, she's trying to get all this like, um, she's trying to get makeup into the prison because she can sell it with her Top Dog dollar. She's trying to, she's always like hustling to get ahead. And that's what it was like growing up <laughs> or not the exact same. So you're not lying and it's, I, I can't compare the two at all, but you do find those small similarities and you bring, okay, what would I do if my sister stole my jeans and I'm 13 years old and I, I'm pissed and I need those jeans back because I can't get that guy to like me if I'm not walking down the hallway tomorrow in those jeans. So you like apply these same things from your life that could apply to that character's life. So it's not like you can exactly be in their shoes, but you can apply it to moments of your life. Yeah. You relate to that kind of hierarchy or that okay. situation. So it's like, if I need to cry, I'm gonna look back to a moment in time where I cried over something like, maybe they ran out of guacamole at the nearest Chipotle or something like that you yeah so you can yeah you can use like so you can be in the moment or use something they call substitution you can substitute something with a time when you or you can try to be there in or you can like choose to be in the moment and and feel that but if you can't feel that then you can pick some like personal memory to yours everyone has their own methods and there's different ways to get there but that's definitely something you could do. You could be like, okay, this is a breakup scene, but I've never had a hard breakup. But there yeah. was time when I couldn't get guacamole on my um, sub sandwich because they didn't have it. And guacamole is what I live for. Yeah, it's so, my favorite. Yeah, so you could definitely like pull that out. Have you ever cried just in during acting? Not Not in like real life. Oh yeah, and the funny thing is on set, like, so when you're doing theater, I've done a couple of plays, but not, I've done more TV than theater, but the the cool thing is like, if you're on stage in theater and the tears come and it is an emotional scene, like, that's cool. You're in it, you're just in it all, all that's awesome. Yeah. When you're on set, it's so start, stop, start, stop, start, stop, and you need to flip back to be yourself between takes because you don't want to be an unpleasant person there's always so many crew members around and they're chatting with you or they might like run up to you and adjust your mic and they're like oh your mic hang on just let me adjust that then you have someone come and like tug at your hair and fix your hair and flip it up and do whatever and get you back so that you look how you looked in the other takes for the continuity so you might shed a tear because you're thinking about that um it might just come if it's say a sad scene but then the chances are usually it comes and then it's like, cause I'm thinking going through the scene in my head before I go on. And then the tears will start to come cause I'm thinking about that. And then they come and like fix my hair and stuff. And then at the top of the scene, I'm not supposed to be crying. So then I'm like trying to like make it go away. Cause I'm like, no, I don't start off crying. And then you go in and then you get to that part. And then when the camera's actually rolling on you, the tears don't come, but it's just, cause you, you just don't know. Sometimes in real life too, if you're sad, you cry. Sometimes when you're sad, you don't. So you just don't yeah. know when tears are gonna come because you can't force it. I don't know how to just make myself cry. I just have to like sometimes feel it and then I cry. But it usually will, they'll come and sometimes it's when I'm, or like when the camera's turned around on the other actor. So you're there and it's their, what they call coverage. So now it's their close up and we're doing all their scenes. So you were just sitting there off, you're right there off camera. And then you're doing the, the dialogue with them. And then sometimes that's when the tears will come. So you just, 
it's like so unpredictable. I don't know how to control it. You just gotta feel it. You just gotta feel it. The water comes out, the tears come out, they don't come out, whatever, as long as you feel it. But isn't, <laughs> yeah, isn't that um just emotion? Isn't that what it means to act? To be an actor? To be in tune with yourself? And then when yes. it comes out, just act it out. Yeah, exactly. Just let it flow, whether there's tears or not. And if they really wanted tears, they could throw some tears in with some Visine if you couldn't get there. <laughs> what about onions? What if you just had onions? Or I think for my next um, intense scene, I'm going to bring onions in my pockets. And I'm just going to be like, could you hold? Could everyone hold for a second? Yeah. Could you? And then I'm going to like hold them up to my eyes and then I'm going to be like, now I'm good. And I will smell like onions all day on set, but I think people actually, more people like onions than don't like onions. So. Mm. I'm thinking during like a, like a heartbreak breakup scene, like onions yeah. would be really helpful for the both of you. So like, just have I it in between you. Yeah, hold it. And then both of you start tearing up and then easy peasy guacamole. I think that's, I think they should yell guacamole on set instead of action. Yeah, yeah. One, two, three, guacamole. And then And then we go. It. And then yeah, we, yeah. if there's a scene, we could even take a bite of the onions in between takes to make sure that we have repulsive breath for each other so that there's no um, real life chemistry. Keep it on the screen, you know? Which right, exactly. Yeah. So I think that's onion. I think I'll start packing onions um, for set. Yeah, just keep it professional. Cool. Keep it professional. So, it's in the bag. I'll, I'll tell the next director, and the next thing I the book, I'll tell the director. I'll say, "Hey, I know as an actor, um, I should be overstepping these boundaries and changing your system. You should really be yelling guacamole instead of action." And I'm gonna let you know how it goes. Okay, I'll be here if it doesn't go well. <laughs> All right. I guess that was uh that's that's a good thing what we just talked about but are there any like what is the hardest part about acting do you think the hardest part is just sticking with it and under and and trusting your own instincts and not thinking that there's something wrong with you because uh like for me i find the hardest part is that mental up and down and just trying to stay, just trying to remember that I love it and that it's not something I do full time. And if it was something I did full time, that would be fantastic and appreciate the things that I do book instead of looking at the hundreds of auditions I do that I don't book. Oh yeah, I, you know, I'm so glad you said that about like the hundreds of auditions you don't book. Cause I feel like a lot of people on the outside, when they look at anything, they they don't think about the failures that people go through before they book their like successful roles or something. It's like um, just with anything, podcasting, acting, music, even it's like you're going to make a lot of bad stuff. You're going to make a lot of stuff that isn't successful. You know, you're going to fail over and over again. But then deep down, I guess you just have to remind yourself that you love it, that you, you're not, you're not doing this, you know, as because for a job or, but just remind yourself why you started this. And, and yeah, I feel like all creatives go through that. Yeah. And reminding yourself that the things you can't control, um, aren't a reflection of who you are or how maybe even how good or bad per se you are at it it's just uh there are so many factors that are beyond your control so you know making your own content is really fun and if you really love it and love the process of it then yeah just trying not to put so much pressure on it to be a full-time thing and and appreciate it when you do it and do the thing find ways to do it in your life um without someone giving you permission to do it I like doing like sketches with people online um, 
and things like that in between actual say TV or film jobs, because then I'm still writing, I'm still acting and staying creative and doing what I like and making fun, making it fun instead of this like thing where I'm just waiting around for mm. someone else to say I be in something. Yeah. So what's, what's yeah. the next step for, uh, Rich? Oh man, the next step. Um, just wearing all the hats. Like I, because I produce as well, I actually find producing to be like the actual work of producing the day to day, like I've min stuff is pretty dry. And it's also like film where it's, you have a couple months where you're employed and not working at all. And there's, you're in development on some things that haven't fully gotten funding yet, or they've gotten partial funding, but they can't shoot till six months from now because all the other funding has to come into place and the banking has to get worked out and the single purpose corporation has to be figured. Like there's just so many, both are kind of like the producing and the acting are very seasonal and it can't, and you wish it was all the time, but sometimes you're in between things. Right now it's the in-between thing and I'm just like reassessing what work I love. And the admin stuff is not fun, so I need to do, the admin of producing isn't fun, so I need to like balance myself by doing the fun stuff. So right now I'm taking classes, um, sketch comedy writing classes online, so that's forcing me to write. We have sketch, sketch uh, five page sketches due every week, and then we present them with the class and do table reads, and um, that's really getting me to write. Right now I'm focusing on writing because it brings me joy and I always like writing. I never not like writing. And I'm focusing on doing my auditions and I'm focusing on a film festival that we run at the end of November every year here in my hometown and um, family and gearing up for you know the holidays and winter. We're actually having really nice weather right now, but. We could be covered in snow at any moment here in Canada. So kind of just, yeah, get getting ready for the holiday season. And there's lots of people in my family with birthdays in December. So kind of gearing up for all that. What about you? You're in Canada? Yeah. It snows there, right? So much. We already had snow, but then it melted and now it's warm today. But our warm is not Florida warm. Yeah, Florida warm is like really, really hot. So, yeah. Um, wait, you asked me what about you? What What about you? What? What are you gearing up for? Oh, what am I gearing up for? Well, Halloween. I'm gearing up for. Oh that. yeah. Yeah. You, you don't can't... even have. What? Do you dress up? Or do you dress up as a banana? Like, do, do bananas dress up on Halloween, or do you like take off? Can you unpeel yourself and be something different? Like, can you be a witch banana, or can you be an apple, or like, what would you? What would a banana be for Halloween? Honestly, I ask myself the same question, but most of the time, I do just be, just be a banana because I feel like this is my identity. But then again. No, I sometimes I do dress up differently than a banana. Sometimes I'm something else entirely. So, what about you? Um, I'm I'm just going with a witch costume. That's cool. That's cool. I feel you, like you like witches. I like witches. I feel witchy, so I just throw on this I have this dress of my mom's from like the 70s and it's velvety and black and it looks witchy and um I have a witch's hat and a little black cape so I'm like you know what it's gonna be a witch it's just it feels like the natural transition transition from what from me because I'm a little witchy I, I like tarot cards I've been reading them lately oh tarot cards like you yeah. Like, did you just get into them, or? I just got into them a few months ago, uh, a couple months ago, and but I've always felt a little witchy beyond the tarot cards, just with like psychic dreams or um, hunches or the power of focusing on something and then making it happen. Okay, so what do you do it on me without the cards? Can you do that? 
Like, what do you see when you look at I me? Like, I feel like I would need a card to tell me, but let me zero in. Okay. I could be totally wrong. Do you play volleyball? No. <laughs> I think you should no. take a volleyball. <laughs> <laughs> Was close, oh, I, wish I, I wish I had my deck of cards. I could definitely do one for you. Okay. I think you need more volleyball in your life. I think you need to go to the beach and check out some volleyball. Because trying new things is going to always make you feel. It's going to help you build confidence. You're going to feel... You're going to meet new people. Get out in the sun, but wear sunscreen or a hat. And, and you're just going to thrive never too late to start over and to start something new. So I should try new things? You should try new things. You're always going to expand and grow your mind from trying new things. I agree. I've never, I've never seen a banana play volleyball. I feel like it would be an interesting sight as well. That's what I want to do. I want to go out as a banana and just do everything and just like like, I, like I'll, I'll play volleyball, I'll play basketball, I'll play all the sports. Um, I'll do everything. I'll do everything. I think you should. I think that's a great idea. It would be very empowering and really cool to see. So, if you have someone follow you with a cell phone, I'd love to see those videos. Okay, definitely. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm already out outside, so I'll I'll definitely have to film, just just film myself doing stuff. Um. I have a question. Have you ever taken the podcast on the road? So have you, and I mean, not really on the road, like a tour, but have you gone down to a busy beach and gone around with your microphone as banana and talked to people and done like on the go podcast? Yeah. Yeah. I think that would be really cool. Yeah. I want to keep doing that because it's really fun. I personally enjoy just going outside and walking and talking to people. I think it's it goes along with the trying everything thing because everyone's different and then everyone there's some weird people out there. Alright, weirder weirder than banana and you'd be surprised. But I'll just have to show you what I recorded when it when it comes out. Um Oh I'd love to see that. Are you close to you don't have to answer this if you don't want stoppers, but are you close to Braden Tin? At all? Do you know Bradenton? Yeah, I'm, really, I'm close. I'm close to Bradenton. Yeah. yeah. Do you have family in here? Um, not full time, but my dad has a place in Bradenton, and he's he used to have a place in Sarasota. This has been going on for years, and then moved to Bradenton. So I've been to this, been there multiple times at like over the holidays because he would often go for periods in the winter. Um, and it's beautiful during our winter. It's like still, it feels your winter feels like our summer, still pretty hot. Yeah, so I've spent time there in usually in like December or January or February. And, um, there's this place called like the Katie Cafe or something we'd always go to for breakfast. It's really cool, and people are really friendly. I find like the servers are really nice. Yeah, it's nice here, but wow, I don't, sorry. It's just, it always like, it, 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 I need a second to think because I, it like blows my mind that people actually know about Bradenton and Sarasota because these town, ta- these cities are just, I don't know. It's wild. It's like. It's like small town, small city. Because when you think of Florida, you don't think of Sarasota or Bradenton. You normally think of all the big ones like Tampa, Orlando, Fort Myers. So it's interesting. It's interesting. And you say you're from Canada? Yeah. Okay, yeah. That's why it surprised me. I was like, wait, a Canadian knows about Sarasota mm-hmm. and Bradenton? What? But yeah. Yeah. I like Bradenton. It's... um. I went to the bars one time with, I was living with a roommate in Toronto. She was also an actress. And we went and stayed at the Bradenton. And we, there's all these like Sarasota bars that are very 
you know, on the beach and they're very much like touristy. Yeah. And I think that's where the tourists go, whereas the tourists don't go to small street on Bradenton local bars. But we went there because it was really close. And we're like, we're not going to spend money on a 20 minute, half hour cab to go into Sarasota in the touristy area. We're going to stay here and go to the bars five minutes away and take a five minute cab. Um, it was definitely interesting. But the, the people who were hitting on us were very persistent. <laughs> this is in Bradenton? It was kind of like, yeah, we walked in and they were like, right away, they're like, where are you from? And uh, yeah, they could tell we were from somewhere else somehow right away. And they were like, following us around and I remember like running from these guys and going to the next bar and then they came and they found us. Oh. It's always, yeah, it was, but the, it was fun. There was one little like street. I remember there was like a few bars in a row all in this one street. Yeah. It, it was fun. Did you, you like the chase? It was kind of fun. A little scary, but I mean, everyone likes a little fear Danger. sometimes on, yeah. on vacation. <laughs> I I, to each their own, I guess. Yeah. No, we had a nice time, I think, just going to the beach and being on vacation and getting out of... We were living in Toronto, and we were in, like, a basement apartment, and it was haunted and creepy. It was cold out. We were just happy to be away and, and somewhere hot. Okay. That leads me to my next question. Keeping up with the theme of Halloween... What is, what is your biggest fear? Centipedes. Centipedes? Little yeah. Things with legs, lots of legs. Lots of, they have so many legs. And they have these, like I sense them in the room before I see them. I know if they're in a room, I could just feel it. They have I these feel. like alien, alien souls or something. Wow. You're very emo emotional, like emotive, <laughs> like you feel things. I'm also the same way. Oh, you, yeah? you listen to your gut is what I'm saying. Yeah. 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 I've always been like that too. Like, you know how, um, you like when you're going, when you're making decisions and then in your head or you just have this gut feeling of, should I do it or not? And you're always right because, and then you actually do you go against your gut feeling and then it, mm -hmm. it goes wrong and then you're always like, oh, I should have listened to my gut. Well, that's me. That's that's what I do. Yes, same. And then there's times when you don't. Well, I think we don't listen to it because we're like, no, it's not. I'm not getting a psychic hunch. It's just me being cynical and thinking something bad's going to happen. I'm going to push that hunch away. And then that bad thing happens and you're like, oh, I should have listened to that. That really was an intuitive, intuitive hunch. Whereas logic in our brain talks us out of that hunch. Because we're like, no, you're being negative. Don't think that's going to happen. Yeah. Think this is going to happen. This is going to be great. But you know, you have this like looming feeling of dread. You're like, yes. And then just yeah. push it away and go for the thing and hope for the best. And sometimes it's like, it's like, no one would do something that bad. I'm going to trust this person. And then the thing happens that you thought was going to happen. And you're like, how can they do that? That's so evil. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Countless times have had that has happened. And then I later just become filled with regret or just sadness because I, it's like, I'm telling myself, I told you so. I have no one else to blame except myself. It's just funny that way. Isn't that funny? I'm my own worst enemy somehow. I think everyone is. Everyone is in survey. It's just some more to a, like to more of a degree than others. What about you? Do I have a lot of regret? that yeah sure yeah i mean there's always little of regrets but then 
you think about the lessons you learned and I kind of do believe that we're here to learn lessons. So I think as long as you learn from it, like, yeah, it sucks, but you can't turn back time. You'll learn for the next time. And maybe it makes you like a richer person, richer soul from having gone through garbage. And then not the key is not doing that to other people. If you go through something bad, like then uh-huh. learn from it and try to remember how that felt and know that you wouldn't want to put someone else through that. I think it's like soul, soul growing growth, there's growth. Also, I think I do a lot of things. I think it's good to keep in mind to do new, try going back to trying new things because I think that more new things you try, the less regrets you have in life. Yeah. Wait, how does that I don't want to be left with that regret. The, like the worst regret in my life that I could imagine is the regret of looking back one day if I have a chance to reflect, if I'm old and I can reflect. Um, looking back and being like, damn, I didn't do all the things I wanted to do or that was like calling my heart. And I told myself I probably wouldn't be good enough. So I just didn't do it. And I don't want to be... I don't want to have those. I want to look back and be like, yeah, there's some things I maybe didn't do where I definitely could have done a lot of things different, but at least I tried. Yeah, number one, I think you should always try because I think we're, we all get into our heads a little too much sometimes and our expectations are just like crazy. They can like set us down, but you should always try because yeah. you never know what'll happen. And that's fast. That is a banana fact. As a banana fact. I mean, if anything you've gained from this, like if I never tried and didn't, you know, grow into a banana, then I wouldn't be talking to Trish Rayoni. Isn't that crazy? Isn't that crazy, Trish? If you never acted, we would have never probably talked. I would have never talked to a banana. So I want to pat that person on the back. A decade ago and be like you got this it's all gonna lead to a banana conversation so you've got this yeah but i don't know that so i'm obviously not that intuitive or psychic i mean maybe you were you just didn't see the signs yeah i've seen a lot of bananas but maybe just didn't know that i was gonna talk to one yeah because at one point you were <laughs> When you started talking to bananas, I didn't talk back. You were, you had a wish that subconsciously formed in the back of your head, where it said, "Maybe one day I want to, I want to talk to a real banana that'll talk back." And then your wish has been granted on today, the day before Halloween. Kind of a magical time. It is. What better, better time for that to come into fruit, fishing, than? <laughs> Then at Halloween, magic, magic season, Scorpio season. Magic. I'm also a Scorpio. Scorpio season is a killing time. It's Scorpio For season. All. Yes, it's Scorpio season. What does it that mean? Magic, means magic can happen. Like like this month. Yeah. What about next month? Well, next month is I don't know much about Sagittarius. Or Capricorn, Capricorn or Sagittarius. I think it's Sagittarius and then it becomes Capricorn. But um, I don't know much about that. But I do know that eggnog is on the shelves and uh, that's it's just a reason to be happy individual. What about Thanksgiving? <laughs> you celebrate Thanksgiving? We do, but ours was already, ours has passed. So the one here in um, this country, um, was when was it? We had Thanksgiving in like early October, I think. Yeah, early October. Yeah. Is that Canadian Thanksgiving? Yeah. And so in oh, the wow. states, it's coming up soon, right? Or did it? Yeah, yeah, November. 
Right. So it comes up in November and then it instantly goes into like it kicks off the Christmas cel- or like the holiday celebrations, right? Yeah. 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 Which is kind of nice that it's all together at one time. Ours is spread out. Yeah, I guess so. I, I'm cool with like skipping Thanksgiving to be honest, but you know, th- th- for all the people who do celebrate, that's cool. You know, that's for this is for you. This is your time. All right. But me, yeah. the only two holidays I really, I really care about: Halloween and Christmas. Yeah. Do you wear a Santa hat on the banana at Christmas? You've given me a great idea. No. I feel no, like it would fit perfectly, right? Yeah. Yeah, um, probably, yeah, now that I think about it, I could. I think that would be really cool. What do you wish for Christmas? Like, what do you want? Imagine I'm Santa. Well, I don't really know, I just, (laughs) it's, it's pretty simple, I just want to have, um, be together with the actual like good friends and family members that I adore and love forever and ever and just not have to live without each other at any point. Wow, that's so, that's such a that's like a Christmas movie wish. What a good humbling wish. Well, isn't that sad that some people like if you think about a sib- a family of siblings there are, they don't all, you don't all go at the same time. Like you have to live without each other at some point or they could have to live without you. Like, can't we just all surpass time and space and just all be together? Well, I'm glad you brought that up. What, what is time? If we really think about it. I'm not really sure. I don't think we can comprehend it. I think it's like, it involves physics that are beyond what most human brains comprehend. Because here's what I'm thinking, right? When you said, why can't we all just live and, like, you know, surpass, or not have to surpass, but each just live and grow during the same time, right? Then I'm thinking, what is time other than a measurement by humans? Because if we eliminated every clock, everything, every number, whatever, no way to tell time. And then we just, you know, saw each other just age. I don't know where I'm going with this, but you know what I'm saying? Like, if we didn't know how to measure time, we just saw each other age after, like, having not seen each other for a long period of time. Like a month, right? Yeah, like, would it feel longer or would it feel like less time had passed? Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Like, yeah, for, everything's going to age the same, but we just wouldn't know how to quantify that. So yeah. we'd have to rely on feeling, gut feeling. It all comes back around. See, I know where I'm going with this now. Exactly. Yes, what do you think about that? I think it would think? be really, I think it would be what like people are always saying. Time is a social construct. This is a social construct. Because if you like, like you said, you take away all these things that society has presented us from the time we were born that are just constant and are there. And that's just the way it is. But no, that's not just the way it is. That's how our society has built it to be. What what if it was built totally different? And that wasn't a thing. What if clocks didn't exist? What if they never existed? What if we didn't have this linear concept of time and this 24-hour clock yeah it could be and it's not that it's not necessarily think about all the things that have been wrong we're taught so i think yeah smash the clocks let's smash the clocks and see how it feels to not go by that usual measure and also another thing if we didn't know how to tell time i'm thinking the entertainment industry would be ruined because, think about it. Your regular scheduled programming of a TV show, say the pink is in, okay? Say that it comes on at a specific time of the day, and mm-hmm. every your viewers, they're tuning in to that time, right? They're like, this is 
the time this is time for pink is in this is my favorite show and i have to sit down and watch it but then they have no way to tell time because time doesn't exist the measurement of time the construct is gone no one has ever came up with numbers either and and then they just don't know when to watch it you know so then they'd either have to rely on gut instinct or someone would have to do it by word of mouth at or they'd have to be like you know when the sun is at this angle and when it's like kind of dark at this light at this like time or not time but like you know when it's dark when the sky's dark yeah so then yeah because how would we say hey check out my pro this project i'm in or this project i'm doing it's released days away from now when it's light again how do you say it without using numbers because even then you could say it's coming look at the sun to set for eight more days and then it'll be out because yeah. then you're giving a number so the numbers don't exist so you'd have to be like just there'd be you'd just be like this is coming and time does not exist and nothing is time and everything is time so when it is time anything that has been will be and anything that is to come has already been and anything that is is and anything that was is to so this show is yeah and that's how you'd have to announcement I'm thinking we have to live in the present. Everyone's have to like, time is now. Yeah, it would have to be like, you'd have to just work on it. And then when it was ready to put out, and you'd be like, and everything would, nothing would be at a certain time. It would all be binge stuff where it's just like all the episodes are out on the platform. You can go and binge it. It would be all binge watching. A lot of people would be binge watching and chilling isn't that what they already do on netflix yeah but maybe we are and maybe someone has already started smashing the clocks <laughs> maybe someone out there hates clocks so much they decided to already start like smashing every single clock they see yeah imagine that i think so wasn't there um was it the was it Salvador Dali, who painted melted cloth. He he had an interesting melting. I, well, he lost his mind the, the older he got. So yeah, his style just kind of went crazier and crazier. The, the more he got older, I think it was. I think it was. Did he lose it or did he find it? And he came up with that. He found the the. Um, conclusion that you found today about smashing the clocks and he was like i'm gonna melt the clocks his method was not to smash it was to melt you have to look back and, and find out yeah it's Very um <laughs> it yeah. salvador lee was an interesting guy that's all i'm gonna say i went to his museum it was all right it was it wasn't that great to be honest but okay um where was that museum? The Dali. It was in Orlando. Oh. Yeah, check it out. Actually, don't. Oh, yeah, do do whatever you want. Why am I? I can't. I can't tell you what to do. Time doesn't exist. It's just a construct. Do it today yeah, or whatever. There's no telling anyone what to do because it doesn't exist. Time is not a thing anymore. Have you seen Lane's World? They do that like do 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 No. I feel like that's time to do that. It's time. See, I said it's time. I guess it does still exist. If only we could time. time travel, I would travel back in time or travel forward. Actually, no, I lied. I do that a lot. I lie a lot. I would actually be content with just living in the present because I feel like if I lived in the future it would just be a lot of either a lot of stress or i just feel depressed knowing the outcomes of other people that i know like livelihoods you know some people may die some people may get into accidents some people may have debilitating um injuries but yeah. um but i get to see movies you know crazy like 
that haven't come out yet. I'll get to see it. That's the only cool perk of time traveling in the future. Yeah, you could come back and be like, have you seen? <laughs> no, wait, you haven't. Because it's yeah. not even <laughs> in existence yet. You would be ahead of the, the movie trends. That would be, that'd be a great perk. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. It would be sad, though, to see. Yeah, that's why my Christmas wish would be that everyone can just keep living together for all time. Everyone you like. Because it's sad to know that at some point, it's just sad to lose friends family and then be without them okay yeah. say to all your friends and family what would you want to say to them right now oh my gosh don't make me be sentimental oh that's so good <laughs> <laughs> pretend this is a hallmark movie it's okay it's your time to shine okay <sighs> i definitely learned a lot this year like living in the big city isn't really all that I thought it was. I'm so happy to be at home surrounded by the ones I really love with the fresh gingerbread and the hot chocolate. I'm so grateful to be back home and to have saved the local animal shelter. And I just wanna say that I absolutely could not have done it without any of you. Merry Christmas. Oh my god. <laughs> so proud of you. I'm so proud of you. Wow. Oh my god. And scene. Wow, that was spectacular. Wow. Oscar worthy, really. Where do I go from here? I feel like I can't top that. But I feel like this is yeah, like mic drop. This interview is over. <laughs> Any final thoughts, Trish? Uh, for people final... or your family or friends? I think if for anyone who's listened, this this has been a fun, natural conversation, and I hope you've enjoyed it. I hope you've related, and I hope you feel like you were right here in the room with us. Wow. Even though we are not wow. in the room together. But time doesn't yeah. exist. Time that means space does not exist either. And we are all together in this banana conversation. Do you have any links, any social media, any websites, anything, any movement you want to share? Sure. Find me on Instagram at Trish Rainoni. Uh, there's a little period between the Trish and the Rainoni. It's spelled rain one R A I N O N E. Uh, yeah, find me on there. Find me on TikTok, Trish Renoni. That's about it. Facebook. Okay. Cool. You heard <laughs> Trish. And also follow Banana Mode, Instagram, Banana Bro, anywhere. Thank you for listening to this episode. It has been an absolute blast, an absolute pleasure speaking about time. What is time? Not even sure. Hope this opened your eyes and opened your mind. Thank you for listening. See you on the next one. Welcome to the outro, ladies and gentlemen. If you made it this far, congrats. This is like the after credit scene of of a Marvel movie. You've made it to the goodies, the good stuff. Not really. The good stuff, I don't know what good stuff is anymore. Anyway, so I, you're probably wondering, Jordan, why are you just now starting to do intros and outros? Like, you know you're on your, like, 50th, 60th episode. And dear listener, you out there, I hear you. I hear, I know what you're saying. And I, too, think it's incredibly dumb of me to just now start when I could have done it, like, 60 episodes ago. But, you know, there's there's no time like the present, right? And plus, I it is my goal, and has never stopped being my goal, to become the number one podcast to top down Joe Rogan. Is that how you say it? Top down? No, we're going to topple Joe Rogan's throne, okay? That's a goal. In the back of my mind. 
And to reach that goal, I'm going to have to improve this podcast in any way, shape, or form. And I won't lie, guys. I have been kind of focusing on other things, such as content creation. Though I feel like I haven't been putting my all into podcasting as of recently. But with this method of outroing and introing, and it like I feel like I can put my thoughts uh, after each episode and just truly like tell you guys what's going on to the people who listen to it to the episodes at least because you know I care for you guys and if I just stopped I just feel bad and I know I have posted on Saturdays instead of Fridays and it, that also makes me feel like shit so don't worry I already feel like doo-doo but with this i'm just trying to be better and i feel like if you guys never started listening to this podcast i don't know where i'd be i wouldn't be able to talk to all these cool people that i've had on my podcast and that leads me to my next uh intervention or topic or ramble don't worry it's not going to be that long so basically i forget if i said this but the true purpose of this podcast you know, I might have said it was to topple Joe Rogan, but really, really, it is to just find the strangest people, or not even the strangest, the most out-of-the-box, extraordinary, not ordinary people who would be willing to talk to a banana, and then we just shoot the shit, and then we just have a grand old time. Think of it like a crossover, right? If anyone knows about Marvel vs. Capcom, that is the strangest, one of the strangest crossovers of all time. Okay. And I feel as though, you know, I have something to offer that not many people do. And that is my, my utter, utter randomness. My ability to just adapt to everything. And just make the situation as uncomfortable as humanly possible. And I feel like... Uh, I just now realized that I I talk so bad. Like, I don't know how to talk. Like, my speech is so slow, but it's because I'm thinking all the damn time. And so it, like, it comes across as slow speech. It sounds slow, but really, guys, I know I'm trying, guys. I know I say um a lot. I'm focused on my filler words, and here I go again. I'm off on another tangent. What was I talking about? I'm not even sure. But anyway, I love you guys. I honestly think I might be posting this podcast episodes every two weeks just because I'm I'm focused on going outside on the street and doing street interviews with people because I find that to be more enjoyable and fun. But I don't want to give up on this podcast because it's what led you guys to me and it's what led me to interesting people. And I think to every person I've talked to, I've impacted them as much as they've impacted me. You know? So, who knows? And the lesson here today, guys, is to try... And to never give up at what you do. But you should take breaks. And thank you. Jordan out. See you next week. Yeah, next Friday. Oh, also, also, one more thing. Some episodes I do post. And there's, like, no video. So we just, like, still screenshots. And that is because, if anyone knows about OBS, I think... I have a shitty laptop. So then the OBS software. Or no, I think it's my internet. I think my internet shit. But that that's crazy. Because I just switched from Xfinity. Which by the way, fuck Xfinity. To uh, Frontier. And that's been way better. But then you know what? Maybe it's the neighborhood I live in. I don't even know. One day, I'm just going to get myself a desktop PC. And we'll just see if it goes better i think it will so sorry about that guys and i i still want to republish the episodes because i feel bad for the guests because we had a great conversation you know you know there's times where it's like 
okay, the audio or video is choppy, isn't that great? But we had a grand old time, and we had a good laugh, you know? So, like, with that being said, follow, uh, follow and rate Banana Mode on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. It's everywhere, believe it or not. It's on YouTube. Subscribe. We rate it five stars on Spotify, please. It'll make me feel better and make me feel like I'm doing something cool. And uh, follow on social media like Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, whatever. Especially Instagram. That's where I post the most. But I haven't done it in like two weeks because I've just been editing this one video. I feel like it's going to be my magnum opus, guys. And I just, I don't know if you guys will feel the same. But when it's out, do, do, hell, do let me know. All right, guys, that's it. See ya.